Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Self Reg Show. This week, we are going to be building on a topic that we actually began filming six weeks ago, but you can see in our last episode, which was you can't pour from an empty cup. And uh, Stuart took the metaphor uh, and taught us all about coffee, <laughs> which I'm starting my day with. Uh, I think that is my third today, which is an unusually <laughs> high number um, for this, you know, for this time of day. But we're going to be building on that topic. Uh, you know, in a way, it's it's personal. Uh, it was a lovely idea to talk about. We can't build from a pour from an empty cup in December, and it's it's a very important theme that always goes through self reg. It's that idea we can't lend calm if we're not calm. You know that we we need to take care of ourselves, and that's not that's not a selfish thing to do. That's a generous thing to do. And yet, on the other end of six week of a six week break here, I I said to Stuart uh, via text this week. You know, when we were thinking of this topic, I'm like you know what? <laughs> My cup actually feels like it may have a crack. It may be broken. I, I've really struggled. And, uh, you know, self-reg is always personal. That's how I found my way to it. Those of you new to self-reg, um, um, welcome. And I am Susan Hopkins that runs the uh, the Merit Center. And I'm here with Stuart Shanker. And this the purpose of this, this podcast is to explore, learn a little bit of self-reg, hear some stories, unpack a little science, uh, but many of us who do find our way here, we started because we came for kids because that's all, a lot. That's a majority of our focus talking about kids and, and youth and, and young adults. And, uh, you know, even if we go across the lifespan, we often start with kids, but it, it becomes clear that it's also about ourselves. And, uh, and that's when for me, the floodgates of ahas begin to open so a few floodgates opened this last month and a half, Stuart, as you know well, and and I think I'm not alone. So this isn't really about um, my learning, although I'm going to be learning alongside with you or my story or anything. It's saying, hey, Stuart, okay, the 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 you know this idea is nice uh, and important and and legit. By the way, uh, we got a lot of uh, on the brink of burnout, folks. Um, even if science describes it a little differently, for sure, but a feeling like that. But what do we do uh, when, if you're like me, you've, you've, you're doing most of the right things. You have rough days, you have rough moments, you have, you know, but you're doing most of the right things. I really am. Thanks to self-reg. <laughs> I know what to do. And, and, uh, and it's different than the self-control list of how I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start walking. I'm going to do all these sorts of things. It's, it's different. I really understand how to navigate that. But what do we do when that's still not enough? And how do we think about it differently? And uh, where is the hope? And you're always the hope. The science is the hope, but you are the hope for me, uh, Stuart Shanker. So that's a pretty long intro. <laughs> but with that, I'm going to say good morning to you. And where would you like to take us today? I want to know how you're feeling today. Well, I'm, I'm feeling, I have a friend that has this saying that is, I'm feeling about half, <laughs> you know, and uh, I am I'm definitely a cup half full kind of person. Uh, I, I always have been, you know, uh, and I'm, I, I like it that way. Uh, <laughs> um, so that's not to say I'm feeling negative or anything, but I'm definitely not feeling 100%. Uh, I'm here. I'm here with you. I'm working, I, I you know, but uh uh, for those out there, I took a couple of unplanned vacation weeks the last two weeks um, for the very reasons that we're going to be talking about today. So that might be a part of Stuart's question, but I'm a, I'm about half. <laughs> I would like to be full. <laughs> I would like to be, you know, 60%, 70% and uh, very much on that journey. Uh, you know, I think I'm not alone with that, Stuart. Um, I'm 
What I really want to do today is just touch on the science, um, but really uh, zero in on, you know, how we are all feeling. Um, the science part, I'm actually doing a Chronicle for UNN right now, and that'll be done soon. And so if people are interested in the deeper um, gray brain mechanisms involved in what I'm going to talk about. And I'm just going to stop for one second. I don't want the fear of missing out there, folks. The Chronicles are a series of writings that Stuart is doing. He has done webinars on them. This is evolving out of that. They will be available digitally and in print and have all kinds of resources to go along with them. So that will be available uh, mid-spring uh, 2023. So look for those, I, I would say early May, uh, maybe end of April. Okay. So we'll keep, we will definitely keep you posted. Okay, so the one that Susan and I are talking about now is called the Anxieties Epidemic. And I believe that's the third in the Gray Brain series. Okay, so um, really the starting point for all of us is to understand that anxiety has a function. Uh, and this was a point that was made all the way back at the beginning of the 20th century. Um, in the famous Yerkes Dodson law, we have uh, an inverted U curve, it's called. And basically, what it means is that we need a little bit of anxiety, and anxiety actually boosts performance. But there's a kind of a midpoint at the at the peak of the curve, and when we go past that, uh, and performance starts to uh, deteriorate. And boy, does our mood ever start to take a take a tumble. So it's an interesting question then. What exactly is, is the function? Um, why do we need anxiety? And the reason is, uh, and this is the simplified version, but the reason is that we have these systems deep in the gray brain. And when they are out of sync, when they are dysregulated, when they're in a state that we call homeostatic imbalance, they send uh, sensations. And those sensations are anxieties. And there are different kinds of anxiety according to which of these systems are is in imbalance. So there's a difference between, say, fear anxiety and hunger anxiety. Okay, so um, that's our starting point. So there's this function uh, to anxiety, and it's a warning system for us. It's a warning that we need to eat. It's a warning that we need to sleep or that we need company. Um, all of these different kinds of warnings that we have. But there's a problem with anxiety. Anxiety doesn't feel good. And the reason is that the sensations uh, that distinguish the different kinds of anxiety, so you've got that sensation of hunger or that sensation of loneliness uh, or that sensation of being drained, each of those sensations is tied to something called nociception, nociceptive neurons. And what that means in English is 
it's tied to the roots of pain. So anxiety is a combination of some specific sensation, like tired, and pain, and nociception. And it's that pain part that makes anxiety so unpleasant, makes it aversive, and it makes it expensive. And when we talk about expensive and self-right, what we mean is that we expend a lot of energy when we're in pain. Pain is a very costly sensation. And that's the problem with anxiety. The problem with anxiety is that it feels so unpleasant that it sort of impels us to get rid of it. So if it's, if it's loneliness anxiety, then it's, it's sort of driving us to be with someone, driving us to have friends over. And what that does is it turns off the neurons creating the sensation and it turns off the pain. We stop burning energy. So now we get to what Susan's talking about. That's the function of anxiety. The function is to prompt us to do something to get rid of the pain, to get rid of the unpleasantness. Now, what Susan uh, started us off thinking about is how so many of us today are in a state where we're doing self-right, we're doing everything right, but the anxiety persists. Um, we, you know, we're trying so hard to keep, uh, her metaphor is we're trying so hard to fill the cup up with energy, fill the cup up with homeostasis, but the anxiety doesn't stop. The anxiety persists. And her question is, what's going on here? So we draw a very close connection between anxiety disorder and depression. Okay, now there's a difference. But uh, I won't spend time on that. What they have in common is that we can get stuck in a cycle where the anxiety or the depression starts to feed itself. It's like the snake that's eating its own tail. What's happening now is because anxiety is so expensive, for the reasons I just gave, that, that we start, we're burning so much energy on the anxiety that it keeps the homeo, the system that's in imbalance, it keeps it in imbalance. It becomes a cycle that we can't, uh, we can't break out of. The anxiety has now turned into an anxiety disorder, no longer functional. It is now dysfunctional. It's so interesting, Stuart. You're, you know, I've been thinking a lot about, uh, you know, I love your newest writings and the newest things that you bring. And I've told you multiple times that this past two years in particular, uh, with uh, all kinds of things that you've done in the, in the, the Shanker Talks and the Shanker Chronicles are, are just mind-blowing. But also, I'm often drawn back to things you've done in the past. Yes, you evolved some of them, but you know, I'm going back that you literally have a book, your 2016 book, which is in umpteen languages, and uh, we have a cool course that we built, you and I, 
it was really you, but I asked a few questions last year that goes along with that. But the, you know, the subtitle of it about is about breaking the stress cycle. Yes. And, and, you know, the one thing I want to say to folks out there is that it's, uh, you know, as Stuart's telling you, I'm doing self-reg, I am um, for sure. And I often wonder what I would do. And I hear this from others, wh- what it would be like. We hear from people about the pandemic. Thank heavens for self-reg because I'm, I'm having a hard time, but I can't imagine where it would be if I didn't have self-reg. So it's a little bit like that. I know I'm doing some of the right strategies, if you will. <laughs> I'm prioritizing sleep. It's not always perfect, but those kinds of things I'm getting outside. Um, but I still know self-reg is the answers in it. It's just, it's drawing you in deeper and deeper and deeper. And I am truly stuck uh, in, in that stress cycle. And what's interesting when you I hear you talking about anxiety because anxiety is all through my family. I read a stat the other day that said 50 to 70% of people, uh, you know, with, uh, depression, they, you know, that it's comorbid with anxieties in there somewhere. But I often have, have, like, I've, if you've watched videos in our courses, you've probably heard me say that my struggle has been depression. Um, and I never think of it as anxiety. My mom had severe anxiety and my daughter suffers from it. Um, um, you know, especially around math, it happened this week with an exam, right? But I always think that's not me. <laughs> like this week, these last, I'm like, oh yes, it is. And you know, and and that idea of anxiety as 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 energy expensive. Well, I had a bit of anxiety this morning because I couldn't find a cord, which is a bit of a joke. Um, but it actually was, you know, a little stressful trying to find the right cord for the right computer this morning. Um, but it does give me energy. I actually feel very alert right now. But this kind of anxiety that gets stuck in your body, um, you know, four or five days ago, I was texting with your, you know, uh, Stuart, and it's just like, it's a sickness feeling. It's just awful. And nothing you do seems to, it really is a debilitating kind of sensation. So I just wanted to jump in and mention, I mean, the main thing I mentioned is your stress cycle book, because those of you, especially parents, but early childhood educators, school folks, you know, you want to dive more in, uh, that is a really good place to start. That is a really good place to start because Stuart is talking about very much uh, that getting stuck in this wheel, like a hamster wheel, this stress cycle. Um, So I'm really glad that you did that because the whole point, I thought the point uh, that I wanted to, you know, get across today was the real one about, you know, everybody who's in a sort of similar state and want to know what to do. So in the case of depression, let's say, uh, where the sleep cycle breaks down, it's really important to get that sleep cycle um, working again. And so my own feeling, um, you know, if this happens to me, is I'm going to look for anything um, that can break that cycle. Um, So I actually do use green noise. I've used green noise for a long time. Uh, But if it gets worse, then I will give a ring to one of my buddies and and get some assistance so I can break through and start to sleep again. And the same thing is true with anxiety. If if the anxiety uh, gets too great, um, I don't want it to go into that dysfunctional cycle. And so uh, I'm I'm going to look for whatever kinds of assistance um, there is around, knowing that the point of this, let's say, medication is to break this cycle, this cycle so that 
my self-reg activities can restore homeostatic balance. But this raises a really important question. If I, if I say, rely on a medication or, or uh, an alternative to that, like a homeopathic one, I still, all I'm doing is I'm breaking the cycle, but I am not addressing the causes of the anxiety in the first place. Remember, the anxiety has a function. So what was it that triggered it? What were the messages that, uh, what were the messages that my gray brain was sending that have led to the cycle? Because that's what I have to fix. Now, um, in the case of so many of the anxiety problems we're seeing today, uh, I read a staggering statistic this morning. Around three quarters of Canadians have had COVID. And this is, yeah, I know, it's just extraordinary. And it's not just COVID, right? So now we can add on to that, we can add on to that other viruses. And viruses can also cause homeostatic imbalance. In fact, uh, so we don't want to think of this simply in terms of, well, you know, anxiety means, uh, to me, it means, well, you know, I'm overstressed. And yes, stress, excessive stress can cause anxiety. But so does um, being really tired. So does an immune system overworking, so does hunger. All of these things can cause anxiety. So what we're doing then is we're going to break the cycle for a very important reason. When we're caught in the cycle, we can't cope with additional stresses. Stresses send us over the top. Things that we ordinarily wouldn't find particularly stressful like, where did I leave the cord for my computer? Um, you can't see behind the scenes, but um, be behind the camera, Susan's, uh, Susan's room looks like a hurricane's hit it. <laughs> um, so, but that's one of the consequences of being caught in the cycle. It lowers our threshold for stress response and raises the intensity of the stress response. So we want, in breaking the cycle, what we're doing is we are um, really returning our stress response system to, to, you know, homeostasis, to its functional range. Now, the key here is, suppose then I've got to address the, uh, the causes that triggered that, that triggered that homeostatic, that anxiety in the first place. And that's where self-reg comes in. Because self-reg, not only is it a way of, you know, managing stresses. If you think about step four of self-reg, the step that we now call clear, calm, listening, embodied awareness and reflection. And just think for a second what embodied awareness means. What it means is I tune in to those gray brain impulses that are telling me I'm still struggling with the virus. I'm still, 
Uh, I'm not sleeping enough. I'm eating badly. We begin through self-reg. The first three steps of self-reg allow us, you know, they potentiate embodied awareness. They lead to embodied awareness so we can feel what our body needs. What does my body need now? Okay, so I'm breaking the cycle, but I still have to, now it's the time I do self-reg. And my body's saying, you know what? I can't go back to what I was doing before. I can't go back to those 12-hour days. Maybe I can do a two-hour day. Maybe I need, I need rest. I need, I need support. I need, and so on and so on. So when that glass is cracked, when it feels that self-reg isn't, isn't enough to break the cycle, what do I do? I reach out. Yeah, absolutely. And you reach out and you know, like Stuart's talking about medication and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm using it right now and I'm thankful for, for it, uh, you know, and it's so it's not to, you know, self-reg doesn't replace all of those things and sometimes we need that and whatever, whatever it is that you may need and, uh, you know, that's where different kinds of professionals can really help. But yes. one thing I find too is, uh, you know, I, if many are like me, I'm, I've never been one of those, uh, you know, I always, I, I don't look to others to solve my problems. Um, quite independent and it's largely a good thing. But if you listen within those words, it can be very self-controllish. You know, the locus of control is in me. I can, <laughs> right? And and what do you do when you just, they're there, because it, it, it's not this black and white situation. I'm also parenting, trying to be a good you know, role model. And yet the littlest things like the cords were a joke from this morning, but there's things over the last month and a half, you know, that I know in at home, I haven't, you know, the, the tears just come out of nowhere. And, you know, these sorts of things that are, it's like, okay, what can I do? What more can I do? What more can I do? So I was just going to tell you, I've mentioned my fish tank before. I did it in the summer symposium we did last year. Uh, and then it's a saltwater fish tank that's driving me bonkers. <laughs> and, you know, I like environments. You can see I've got, um, I'm, I'm building a terrarium over there for little frogs, which is kind of, that. that's what I do to try to keep my head clear. I work on on things, but this fish tank drives me crazy because, Stuart, it has a, a oh, an overgrowth of um of a certain kind of allergy it's called hair allergy it's gross and it drives me crazy and i've been it's like a year and i always think of all the stressors i worry about these little fish i have little clown fish i have you know and and it's i know i can get i can intervene with the chemicals which could be like medicine you know i can intervene with the chemicals it get it helps it'll get rid of the problem and then it comes back why and, you know, it's because of the underlying layers. And that's not just a, oh, here's the answer. you got to go and do this. It's complex, right? It's how much I'm feeding. It's light. It's all of these various, various levels. So it's kind of a little bit like that. And that's where self-reg is not just, you know, the, the, the simple layer. Okay, of all oh, right, I'm, I'm getting some help. I've got an amazing, uh, our, our, I can't say enough about our team. Adam, who's online here, but Liz, Colleen, Jamie, the, the team had, was just been amazing for me <laughs> uh, to lighten my stress load, lighten my guilt around needing, you know, and you, Stuart, uh, <laughs> you well know what uh, what a mentor and support you are for me. So I have some of those, those things. Uh, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting help in different kinds of ways. Um, I'm working on all of the right things, but I 
still say at the root of it, the answers to not getting into this jam again, <laughs> hopefully, which I thought I would never, I really did. I went through a really rough period at 27 and I didn't expect to be, you know, I'm just holding off. <laughs> ah, I don't want to tip over that cliff. And it's scary to think that it feels like it's that close again. And I really feel self-reg is the answer because it's not just about a couple of strategies and some good routines. It's those uh, it, but it's a, it's a way of being in the world. It's about our lives and our connections with others and pro-social stress around, you know, around the, around things in the news and, and, you know, trying to make, feel like you make a difference and matter. And it's all of these layers that, um, that's my next dive down. I just got to get feeling good, well enough to, uh, uh, to be able to go there a little more deeply. Well, I'll only say one thing in response, because I think that covered the topic the way we want it. Um, one of the things that Susan and I have been doing lately is really uh, expanding on our understanding of step three of self-reg. And uh, the big uh, advance we've made, it's not just about uh, reducing stresses, like turning down the light. It's about reducing the stress response. So that's what we're doing in step three. And what Susan is alluding to here is um, when stress, or in today's topic, anxiety, is too much for us to deal with on our own, we need others to help us turn off the stress response. And they do it in all sorts of ways. But one of the key points of the current uh, chronicles that I'm writing is we were designed to do this for, for each other. We were designed that we're not supposed to, um, we're not supposed to uh, be these solitary creatures. And I'll just give you a hint of what's coming at some point, but I'm, I've been looking this past week at uh, 19th century writings on the super organism. Uh, and the superorganism, it's a term that um, goes back to Rousseau, but was invented by uh, Herbert Spencer. But um, they made a very interesting discovery. When rats get cold, they huddle. Uh, and when rats get afraid, they huddle. So they pile on top of each other. Chickens will do the same. And, um, and really what they're doing is the superorganism is self-regulating. It's now a group self-regulation. Humans do the same. We have the same mechanism. And so uh, one of the things that I love about self-reg, about the self-reg community, is I believe that we are a superorganism. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, the, the, the little inkling of where I, where I just, what I just shared about how this team, and there's been certain people that uh, have an inkling I'm going through, you know, the things that people reach out for and we do for each other, you know, for all of you out there, many folks who will be coming to this podcast um, work with, work with children and families. So some of you are parents, some of you, there's all sorts, researchers, we have all kinds of people interested in self-reg. 
Um, but many have as some kind of a caregiving role, either as a parent, an auntie, grandmas, uh, you know, uncles, uh, in schools, in early childhood centers, uh, or you know, we also have people in 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 healthcare settings and things like that. And so, how can beginning to think of you know, I'm just wondering, Stuart, how as we hear some of these things and you hear these, you know, real life stories of, uh, it's not just them, <laughs> it's me and it's us and it's all of us, right? How can we, you know, begin to bring maybe even just a little bit of this, we often talk head, hands and heart knowledge. So if that was head knowledge you gave us, uh, you, you know, and the heart knowledge is the the compassion, those soft eyes we feel, well, is there anything on, on a action or practical level um, that we can do with this knowledge for, for the communities that we serve and, and maybe for our little group of huddles or the parents of kids we teach or, um, you know, the early childhood educators in our, that we're a leader for or uh, the community center where we run programs. So any, any of those, any ideas that you have or suggestions you might have? Uh, I'll just give you one because that is, in fact, the chronicle I'm writing at this moment. <laughs> one suggestion is share self-reg with them yeah, so that we pull them into our huddle, pull them into our superorganism. We benefit, they benefit. Yeah, I, and I like that. And I like the idea of, um, you know, that that stress awareness is... Uh, I've talked about it sometimes like this thought on the shoulder, but uh, I've, I've had people tell me that that seems like someone work, l- looking over you and judging <laughs> you and it's not, it's just that awareness whenever you, uh, you know, in self-reg, we often talk about, um, you know, the signs, uh, signs of stress to reframe, which some are obvious. We do it with kids when they, you know, have so-called meltdowns or, um, you know, I was telling you math the other day, my, it was the night before a, a standardized test my daughter had to write for grade nine math. Um, and, you know, she got, she shut down. We were just doing a practice. I was just trying to get her used to the, how it was structured because she hadn't been given a practice just so she would, it was to try to help her. Not, it wasn't about the mark. So you'll have to bear with me. I have a little bit of a cold here. Um, but, uh, so it was, uh, and, and she, I saw a tear come and then within moments she got up and, uh, and walked over. She has this bunny rabbit that she loves and uh, she's holding it and hugging it. And I have this flashback to it realizing what she's doing. There's, she had a, um, a counselor last year in high school, a CYW, for those of you, child and youth workers out there, um, who talked about, who helped her figure out strategies that work for her. And one was that a, a bunny and she holds it and she's like holding it so tight. She feels better. And what happens to me, uh, remember I'm not hundred percent right now. And she knows that I've been as, as honest, you know, I'm trying to, <laughs> you try to not bring these things to our kids, but we live in the same house. We're very close. It's, you know, trying to help her understand she's been lovely and, and, you know, trying to do the right thing. But I'll instantly, I saw her differently. Stuart has this saying, see a child differently, see a different child. And all of a sudden I saw everything differently. And, you know, we did the practice after a little bit and she, you know, so it's, it's that noticing, um, when we feel, uh, you know, reframing the behaviors, that's an example in, in a kid that can be frustrating if you've got kids, that you're trying to get them to do something and they don't, and it can be frustrating. So reframing that, but equally in ourselves, um, I love uh, this idea. I think it came from um, um, Arlene, who is one of our uh, amazing team members. And, uh, but I'm pretty sure it was Arlene that, that started reframing. She called it being judgy. So when you catch yourself being judgy of someone else, 
right? You know, that's, that's a good one to notice. Okay, that's my stress, right? It might be, uh, for, there's a million reasons that that would be a sign of, 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 you know, of not being in a great place because we're feeling judgy, but it's also, you know, how, what do I need to see beyond this surface level visual or my assumptions or what I would do or, you know, to realizing that, hey, there's a whole lot of people out there right now that are struggling, not just you and me, and it's not visible. They may look just fine. They may be showing up to work every day and they may be, you know, uh, or, or, or we're, we're seeing like difficult times at drop-offs or, you know, all of these things. And how can we see that with just a little bit of a softer eyes, you know, and realize it's not, not, I'm not saying that's our, our business, what other people are going through, but finding our, in ourselves, noticing that when we feel coming up, that that is actually in our, in us and doesn't need to be there. Um, and it doesn't help. It, it makes it, you know, it, that when other people can pick that up from our, our, our systems as well. So how can you, we just notice when we have, you know, had a little judgy moment come or a little bit of a, <sighs> or our backs, you know, tighten up or stiffen up and realize that there are a whole lot of people going through a whole lot of hard times right now. Uh, and a little compassion goes a long way. I get the last word. You do. <laughs> okay, everybody. So a couple of weeks ago, we had to cancel this. Uh, we had to cancel our Thursday taping. And then last week, we had to cancel our Thursday taping. Uh, Susan was in a pretty rough place for a while. Yeah. And now look at her today. <laughs> you to take away from this. We wanted to give you that sense of hope. Old Susan is back. Uh, still a way to go, but she's smiling, laughing, and even laughing at herself about the court. So um, what we're telling you today is um, uh, read the books, do the classes, talk to other self-riggers. Um, there is a way to change our trajectories. We can always break the cycle. And if you're looking for people with big hearts, come and find the the, T, the yeah. TMC community because you'll you'll get more compassion uh, than you can ever imagine. So thank you very much. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you, Adam, for doing all the hard work behind the scenes. Uh, and we'll see you for our next podcast. Take care, everyone. <laughs>